Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everyone. Oh, I'm so excited to be doing a solo episode again. It's been so long. <laughs> Every time that I sat down to record one, I would end up deleting it. And then I had COVID, so I couldn't record. And then last weekend, I led an incredible out of this world retreat called Undaughtering that I lead with my business partner, Taylor Cohen. And it was a group of six women, and it was so freaking transformational. I mean, the weekend is about reclaiming your power and your sovereignty and healing the inner child trauma that's in the way of connecting to your sovereignty and self-expression as a woman. It's just like way more than that happened this weekend. We just watched so many women heal generational trauma and shed limiting beliefs and reparent themselves and heal and forgive their relationship with their parents and then watch them be in their bodies and express their sensuality and their femininity and their emotions so much more freely and return to their wildness that has just been hiding in there from all the conditioning and the fears and and the inner child stuff that they hadn't healed so it was so freaking powerful loved just being able to hold space and watch the divine do its magic yeah help women heal their inner child so that they can express themselves as the women that they want to be in the world um I'm just feeling so giddy even talking about it now and thinking about all these women and uh, the sisterhood that they created yeah I'm still riding that magical school bus (laughs) I also wanted to say that we're going to be leading another one in November so if anything that I just said right now piqued your interest and give you tingles in your body or if you're curious about doing inner child healing and sexual liberation and healing then send me a dm on instagram or you can find out more information on my website tanaimilgram.com slash undaughtering thank you to everyone that responded on instagram i went on my story today and i was just like i have no idea what to talk about on my podcast i have this like weird writer's podcast block <laughs> so I just asked on there like, well, what do you guys want to hear and it was so perfect because it was I, I got a lot of answers around what I have been going through in my life which is what I wanted to come on here to do anyway just share with you guys what I've been going through and the lessons that I've learned so there were several requests for me to talk about letting go and the practice of non-attachment and asking for help and surrendering. So I'm just going to share with you guys how that's looked this year for me and the past few years and what that's opened up for me. This podcast is all about letting go and surrendering. Oh, and also anytime I'm talking about something like money or business or life, like home life or anything like that, you can always mirror it back to any other area in your life. So When I talk about money, you can also think of it as talking about a lover or talking about um, a partner. So lots of things here to reflect on. 
So a big thing for me that's shifted this year is my relationship to money. The past few months, I have made like more money than ever. (laughs) And business feels really good. There's just a lot of flow and I feel very trusting and it's it's like a lot of things that I always wished for are coming true like I I was just always like I just want to get referrals and I just want for women to come to me I mean that's you know every coach's dream and um and that's a lot of what's happening right now which feels really good and I just feel just very trusting that the women that are meant to work with me are gonna come and I'm very trusting in myself that I can support them so that was not always the case (laughs) um there's so much that I can go into but I'm just going to talk about the present thing which is that when having enrollment conversations and talking to women about what I do I was feeling very frustrated and insecure and very attached and how does that feel in your body when you feel attached you feel like tense and like you're gripping onto a certain result that you want. And when you, if you think about it in a relationship, it can look like you are dating someone and you're just constantly afraid that they're going to leave you or you get anxious when they don't talk to you and um, you get like irrationally, what feels like irrationally afraid. Um, If they say something and you're worried like, oh my God, are they not okay? Do they not like me? And you're, yeah, it just feels like, energetically like if you really slow down and feel what's in your body it feels like you're a vampire you know like you're like sucking their energy you're pulling it towards you in other words being needy so what was really present for me with clients is like this neediness of I needed them not them needing me because it was you know it's my livelihood so I was showing up on calls with that energy and as I've shared with you guys here we are always in tune with the with the energy, even if you don't consider yourself a very intuitive or energetic person. We're always interacting with the unconscious um, dynamics that we have with each other. So sometimes you might feel really overwhelmed and you don't understand why. And it may be because you're actually responding to someone like putting a lot of things on you, even by asking you for permission. Even, even if someone keeps asking you for permission, there is like this neediness and you might think, what's the big deal? Like they're just asking me for my opinion, but the weight of it is what you can feel, not necessarily their words or what they're doing. So that's what was present for me before. Also just a lot of disbelief that I was worthy of being successful and a lot of comparison to other people wondering why was it so easy for them? Why not for me? And I've done a lot of work around that. And so I wanted to specifically work on that this year and really create a breakthrough. One of the biggest moments for me was when one of my coaches that I hired to help me expand my business said to me, um, so I, you know, I'm in this six month program. So month three, she was like, tonight, you might not make any money in the next six months. And you might have to accept that. And reading that, I had two different experiences. One was like rage and angry, thinking back to the promises that she and her business partner made of, you know, take this program to make money and just sadness, you know, mourning the dream that I had of this vision of myself really 
surprising myself and my capabilities and and making all the money that I that I wanted Uh, and then at the same time I got that there's a lot of wisdom in what she's saying and it's this whole thing about detachment just like with love and relationships it comes when you're not looking for it it's the same with everything else so when you're so attached to getting a certain result when you only want it a certain way when you're trying really hard and you're gripping really hard life has a funny way of not giving it to you (laughs) because you're not really open to receiving and you're kind of in your own way by like to make it more practical it's like because I was gripping so much to getting clients I was in my own way by not being relaxed on calls and just not being that easeful place for someone to come to because if you're being sold to it doesn't feel good you know it's like as a coach I'm there to serve someone not to sell them on something or to hook them into paying for something so that's on a more practical level and and in if you think about it in dating, if you're looking for it, you are closing yourself off to possibilities and you show up a different way on dates because you're like needy and and you're not very relaxed and you're trying too hard in a way. And so that's a more practical way of looking at this very spiritual concept, which is that when you're attached to something, you're blocking yourself off from receiving it from the universe. And it takes a real surrender and trusting to let go of the result that you want in order to open up and receive from life. And it helps to know that that is the way. That is the way to get exactly what it is that you're looking for. To just let go and trust and let life take you as opposed to thinking that you're in the control seat and that you um that it's up to you to make it all happen and that um you're in the driver's seat and yeah you just it's it's all you know a way of feeling control that we don't really have so once I took on that I may not make any money and I really accepted it and let myself mourn it I started showing up so different on my calls and I was really able to slow down which was a big difficulty for me in general in life speeding up is such a common coping mechanism because when we speed up we don't really have to feel our feelings or be with the discomfort of the slowness and in this world we're just moving way faster than what's natural and when we move so fast we miss out on our intuition and on feeling someone else and being able to really intuit what's going on with them and yeah just being relaxed and being easeful it's in this world where we're like scrolling at a million miles a second and we're moving through life so fast. It disconnects us from ourself and, and our truth and our, and our nature and intuition. If I didn't have to make money at the end of this program, if there was no expectation of that, then it really allowed me to slow down and take my time with conversations with people, not try to get them to the selling at the end. So it worked to my advantage because then that created a lot of safety with people and it didn't feel like I was trying to sell them on something. And then on my end, it helped me be more present and actually support people better because I was like my sole goal was to focus on them and support them in whatever they needed. Not at all. How do I get this person to sign on to what I'm offering? And that was really showing up in several areas of my life. Like 
yeah, like I, I felt like on many levels I was doing everything in order to. That's the way that Taylor describes it. Like taking this course in order to do that, having this conversation in order to do that, which really was just taking me away from the present moment. And I was just so future based. And as many of you know, when you're focusing on the future, that's when all the anxiety comes in. And and you, you, you it's so hard to be in your body. It's so hard to get be connected to your feelings and express them. It's just not a fun experience to be in the future. And so when you're focused on results, whether that's what's going to happen with someone in a relationship or in a job or or like in my case, since I'm a nomad, I had a tendency of thinking like, okay, where am I going to settle down? Which I'm going to talk to in a second. So when you're focused on the future and all these different areas, it makes it really hard to be present and live your life. And it takes real trust and surrender to, to focus on the present. And my therapist actually said something that was so beautiful, which is that you're creating your future in the present. And that was really freeing for me to hear because then that kind of gave me this permission that I didn't know I needed to be in the present, be in today I'm going to relax or today I'm going to focus on this hobby or today I'm going to record a podcast episode. Knowing that all of these little actions today are the building blocks for my future. So thinking about my future was not going to help in any way. So that's, yeah, practice that I've been building and, yeah, continuously um, exploring even now. So that's what detachment has looked like in money. Something else that really helped, um, not just in money, but in how I'm living my life and my status with relationships is that I realized that there's a part of me that didn't want to make money. And if you think about your desires like think about something that you don't have and that you really want a really powerful question is asking yourself why don't you want it because ultimately everything we have in life we want if we don't have it there's something in us that doesn't want it or at least doesn't want it right now so when I ask myself why don't I want to make this money that I want to make what came up was that there's this part of me that was looking forward to creating financial abundance, thinking at the end of this, I'm going to settle down. Like once I make all this money, I'll really be able to uh, find a place to live and then find a home and a community where I'll meet someone and get married and have kids. And the way that I looked at that and imagined it was similar to my brothers and my parents, which signified that really what was motivating me to create financial abundance on a really unconscious level was to like quote unquote succeed or settle down the way that my brothers did so that I could impress everyone and show everyone, look, like I made all this money for myself. Um, I'm financially stable and now I get to do exactly what you guys are doing, which is settle down in the way that they did. However, although there is a part of me that yearns for home and family and all of that stuff, it doesn't really resonate with me right now. In a way, there's a part of me that feels like that cuts me off from my desires and the way that I want to live life right now, which is to continue 
traveling and adventuring and meeting people and I had no idea but there was nowhere in my unconscious brain the possibility of making all this money for myself so that I can continue living life the way that I do um, with more with much more freedom than than what I had so once I realized that and I thought wait a minute like what if I get to really create so much financial abundance for myself that I get to have even more adventures and I get to travel the way that I do in a much more pleasurable way and I get to keep taking these courses that I'm taking around the world and just live in different places and I thought wow just something really opened up in me and I thought yeah imagine the possibility of feeling really proud about that and not needing to live life the same way that my brothers are in order to feel proud and in order to feel like I belonged and like there was something for me to show for and something to me to be proud about so that was really revealing and I just believe so much in the power of questions and going inward and asking yourself the kind of questions that I just told you guys I asked myself because we are just running on our unconscious most of our lives so it takes asking yourself really powerful questions and seeing what answer comes up automatically to reveal a lot of truth like the part of me that was resisting receiving because then it would give me a future that wasn't aligned with what I authentically wanted or that the part of me that was motivated to create abundance came from proving as opposed to coming from pleasure or coming from creating a life that I truly desire so I offer that as an invitation to you guys as well to ask yourselves that thing that I say that I don't want or that thing that I say that I want and I don't have, what part of me actually thinks the opposite? What, what part of me wants what I don't, what I say I don't want or what part of me doesn't want what I say that I want so that you can get the awareness of what you're unconsciously resisting and then create an opportunity to imagine a new possibility so that there isn't that resistance that's present in the moment. Oh, so freeing to just know that everything in your life you want and everything that you don't have you don't want. And it just gives you the, it just like puts the remote control in your hand of seeing, okay, how am I attracting the things in my life? And from a place of not making yourself wrong, you know, um, if you guys are familiar with the book Existential Kink, I love it because it talks about how we are on this human experience to experience both the good and bad because we get a really kinky pleasure from the bad stuff. So a lot of clients that I talk to and I personally have experienced just asking the question like, why did I attract this? But it could be asked in a really turned on way of like, what kinky pleasure am I getting out of this? How am I enjoying being the victim? How am I enjoying the deprivation, the scarcity, like all of this juicy, dark stuff? can be so celebrated and not shamed Um, and when we do that there's a lot of self-love and acceptance that happens so highly recommend that book it's been such a game changer so someone asked me about what I've learned about detachment and letting go and surrender through travel so that's going to be the next thing that I'll talk about oh yeah I mean I actually started my nomadic journey with the intention of letting go and surrendering 
because with this whole idea of when when will I settle down? Where will I live? It was such a strong pressure in my head and I would just spend so much time thinking about it and looking at different cities and asking myself, do I see myself here? Do I want to be there? Will it, will it be easy to meet someone in this city? So in order to get out of my head, I just decided to get a one-way ticket to Costa Rica last year, knowing that if I didn't like it, I could just leave. Knowing that if I wanted to go back, I could just go back and um, stay with my parents. And that really taught me a lot, just outside of traveling. I really took it on as I can always start something and then pivot. And there is no rewinding or taking steps back. There's just going forward. Every step that I take is really going to show me what the next step is. But if I just stay in the same place, then how could I see the doors that are in the next room? And it's been super helpful for me when I want to make the perfect decision and when I'm afraid of starting something that I won't finish, knowing that when I take that next step, things will open up. I will hear something more clearly because there have been many times in my life where I haven't felt like I know what I want and what traveling and surrendering and all of this has really shown me is that if I don't know, then I don't want to know and I'm not meant to know. I still don't have the ingredients to access this information right now. And and same goes for like that's literally what I would also helped in this last thing that I mentioned about not knowing where or when to settle down. Someone reflected back to me like if you don't know then you don't want to know. And that just felt so good to hear like so much approval. Why do we why do we have to know? It's okay not to know. And that was a big thing for me with my brothers and my dad too that they're super intellectual. They're super smart. They ha- they love planning and structure and all that stuff. And there was some unconscious shame for me around not knowing and just feeling like I couldn't be proud of that or that I couldn't, yeah, that, that it was just shameful not to know. So it was really freeing to own that. And whenever they ask, like, so what are you going to do at the end of the year or you know, where are you going next? And just being able to say, I don't know, and and feeling totally okay with it. I think meeting life with I don't know is one of the highest forms of spirituality because it takes so much surrender and very humbling, very humbling, because who are we to know, right? Like, we're just one human, and life is always giving us surprises and twists and turns. So by taking by really owning the I don't know and accepting that there's just so much pressure that we that I've taken off myself and when things happen that I didn't expect I meet them with so much more grace because I don't have that expectation of myself to know what to do or have it all together or have it be my way I just know that there is a higher intelligence out there that knows way better than I do and will always provide me what's best for me. Um, yeah, so like I said, I showed up to Costa Rica and I had I, I would only plan a week ahead. So there was many times when I thought there was a certain place that I had to go to or a certain way that things had to go. And I just opened myself up and I asked the universe, show me the way. And I just listened. And that, that goes back to slowing down and quieting down 
which is that when we're when we do this we're able to hear the messages from the universe and the signs that we're always getting guiding us and really trusting these are all breadcrumbs that are leading me to my highest good and, and my desires so this year a couple months ago I went to Colombia Medellin with the intention of staying for like at least a month like that was that was the least <laughs> and I ended up staying in Medellin for a week um the days leading up to my trip it just wasn't feeling right something was off and then I showed up and my nervous system just cracked and I was just so like um dissociated and numb and very much in like a fight or flight which was so weird because I would look around and the trees were so beautiful and everybody was so nice and the food was delicious and it just didn't resonate with me I didn't want to be there and at, at first it really felt like a failure like like it felt like I was giving up on myself and not doing the scary thing and not leaning in if I left and what I realized was how brave it actually was to listen to myself and that in no way was I going back in no way was I giving up on myself I was very much just listening to myself and my attitude about it was going to make all the difference. I really saw how I could see it as, oh, I'm such a coward. I'm not facing my fears. Or I could see it as, wow, how amazing of me to really prioritize my self-care and listen to myself. And if something doesn't feel good, then I just go for it. And I joke with my clients all the time that sometimes it's like almost excruciating to see things that way because it feels so yummy to be in that like soupy, heavy, sticky state of being where you're like, oh, why is this happening to me? And I suck. And, you know, it's like it's like when you're in bed and you've been in bed for days and getting out just feels like so much effort. So that's what it sometimes feels like to to reframe and to choose the version of the story that's an empowering version and a version of the story that is about how things are happening for you and how it's okay for you to live life however you want. So this is an invitation for all of you to keep that in mind that sometimes we have to move past that resistance the same way that when we're like lazy to go to the gym and then you go to the gym and and you feel amazing. It's the same exact thing. It takes really not trusting our thoughts and connecting to what what would feel better, what thought would feel better, and and remembering that it's up to us. It's up to the story that we tell. So that was a really big lesson for me in that trip, that I could tell a story in the disempowering way or in the empowering way and let it go and just choose and that's it. And I really got to see how that was all happening perfectly for me and all the lessons that I learned one of the thing one of the perspectives that's helped me in my life is is just seeing um success or a win or things going well be correlated to how much I'm learning like this was worth it because I learned I won at this because I learned I succeeded at this because I learned this was meant to be because I learned I really think that the human experience is all about learning and that connects to letting go of results 
because let's say you've been in a relationship for 10 years and then you guys break up. So many people have the perspective of like, I wasted my time or or I've spoken to friends who say that about other people like, oh, did you hear about did you hear about them? They broke up. What a waste of time. Like she wasted her 20s on this guy. And it's like, no, she didn't. Why Why is spending her time with this one person wasting her time? It, that only comes from the perspective of you have to spend your life with someone or you should only cultivate relationships that are going to last forever. But what about all the beautiful experiences that this person had? What about all the powerful lessons that they learned? I see my 20s and how most of my 20s I've been single and I... I honor and celebrate the lessons that I've gotten from that and it's not any better than someone who married young or was in several relationships or even someone who was in an unhealthy relationship they they got to learn whatever it is that they wanted to learn that they they learned whatever their soul was meant to learn that mentality really helps me detach and surrender in all those moments when I'm focusing on my physical path of what my life needs to look like, how much money I need to have or where I need to live or what I need to have accomplished. I come back to my soul path. Whenever I feel lost and feel like, where is this all going? What do I want? What's the point? I always bring it back to my soul path and I always remember my soul is growing here. My soul call this in for whatever reason to bring me back to love, to bring me back to myself, in the smallest of ways, in the biggest of experiences, that way in those moments when shit hits the fan. <laughs> Even if I'm sad or upset, there's this, this inner knowing that it's all meant to be this, the same, like the exact way that it is. Recently in this retreat that I led, that was fucking incredible. One of the reasons why it was so incredible is because the very thing that I was depending on for it to be incredible fell through. The day of the retreat, Friday morning, my mom and her business partner, who were, who were going to lead an insanely powerful workshop at the end of the second day. So first day that morning, they called and both of them just couldn't come. My mom was feeling sick and my mom's partner was, um, she had a really high blood pressure and so she couldn't travel. And so she called me and she was like, sorry, but we can't come. And it was devastating. We'd already heard from one of our support team members that she couldn't come either. So at this point, it was like all the negative thoughts were running through my head. I mean, I, I was brought back to like childhood when the birthday party wouldn't go the same, the exact way that I wanted. And yeah, I was so upset and thinking like, am I really not meant to have the success that I want is this really not meant to be the magical experience that I wanted to be it was so sad in that moment and I was angry too and um yeah just feeling all the feels and then as a team we got together and we really looked at how is this an opportunity for us to step into our power which was so obvious I mean talk about attachment right I was so attached to this happening so that the retreat was a mind-blowing success and that's what gets taken away from me <laughs> so when this when this happens when life takes from us the very thing that we're attached to I really find that there's so much learning there and so much 
possibility. So I saw for myself how I was almost giving away my power to my mom and this workshop that she was going to lead and not believing in myself and my abilities to lead with Taylor a mind-blowing workshop. Ah, So there was nothing to do but to surrender and lean on each other and really believe. Really, really believe like and really be open to seeing what was going to come out of the exercise, whatever exercise we came up with that was just going to be equally as powerful. And it was so beautiful. Um, a woman that that's on our team, Fela, she asked, what is it that you wanted these women to experience through that exercise? And so we took away what themes we wanted them to touch on and experience and then created an insanely powerful and beautiful exercise through it. And then we ended the the retreat thinking, man, thank God they didn't come. Because if they had, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to collaborate the way that we did. Also, the workshop that they were going to lead just did not resonate. It was going to be way too much. And even the women attending the retreat were like, yeah, we're, we're glad about it. This didn't happen. <laughs> it all was just so divine and happening exactly the way that it needs to. And it's up to you for, for you to believe that. No one can show you. Until you look for evidence or want to see the evidence, then you're not going to see it. So it's really up to you to know it inside you or look for the evidence at least that everything is happening for you and everything is happening exactly the way that it needs to. And you're allowed to feel sad about it and angry. And that's what I did for myself. I took a pillow. I started hitting the shit out of the pillow in front of the team and we just talked about what was present for us, the the sadness that was present, the disappointment, the fear, and then we kept going. Along with everything that I just mentioned, trust and surrender and seeing for yourself what you're learning and what you want out of what you're experiencing. Something that's really important is support. And I love that someone actually asked for me to speak on asking for help and surrendering because honestly I don't know how I would have such an easy time with um, everything that I've gone through without support and help specifically in this retreat having the women there and allowing myself to lean on them and not put the pressure all the pressure on myself to figure it out was so helpful and that took trust that that really took trust in in these women because, you know, it's it's Taylor and I's retreat and their experience was going to be correlated to us and, you know, associated with us. But I fully trusted that I could give some space, like I could share the space with the two women that were supporting us and we were going to create something magical. And I trusted that whatever we came up with was going to be exactly what needed to happen. And then at the same time, asking for them to hold space for me while I was so upset and inventing and having them witness me express my rage and just hearing from them like we're here and whatever you need we got you that was so helpful the more that I do this work the more that I see that that's ultimately the most healing thing just loving each other and being there for each other through any kind of experience I think at other times 
I would have sucked it all in and either got either it would have it could have gone both ways like it could have been like I would have gotten defeated and just would have been like all right I guess this sucks and that's it or I would have put all the pressure on myself and tried to figure something out without letting anyone in on what I was feeling and just being like oh it's all good it's fine whatever so I just celebrate myself for having shared with them the raw vulnerable experience of like we're about to start a retreat something just fell through I'm feeling shitty and scared and all these things and it's going to be okay and I open to receive all the help from you guys we just find so many ways to block from receiving and I I hear a lot of people talk about empowerment and doing the mindset work and believing in yourself and rooting yourself and not letting anything stop you. And there's a lot of like celebration of being independent and being a go-getter. And I think along along that, there's been a little bit of looking down on asking for help and just not putting emphasis of the importance of that, the importance of community, the importance of sisterhood or brotherhood of having someone to lean on without it being codependent I think that's a really important conversation that we need to start having something that I've loved learning from Gabor Mate my my teacher that I'm learning um, trauma healing from he talks about how when we're kids when we're little or infants we have two choices we choose between attachment or authenticity and attachment is our connection to our parents and authenticity is our living our truth expressing what's there our feelings and when we grow up we tend to sacrifice our authenticity because our attachment is so important we need our parents love and, and care and with all this conversation that's really popular these days about attachment theory and codependency he talks about how a lot of people think it's about choosing authenticity over attachment now and just neglecting the need for attachment and it's not about that at all it's it's actually like the healthy thing to do is actually creating a life where you can have both authenticity and attachment because something happened in our in our childhood where we didn't feel like we were we would be loved in our authenticity whether that be rage or sadness or or silliness or whatever. So we sacrifice that. And now as adults, we get to create a life where we can be our authentic selves and keep our relationships and intimacy. We don't have to give up one for the other. They can both coexist. So I will say that leaning on my sisters, leaning on my family and friends and putting away any thoughts of thinking that that's weak or that that's codependent was so crucial. Especially that trip that I took to Medellin because it was the first time in my life where I moved somewhere with the intention of like living there for for a month or so totally by myself. And I was I was scared and it didn't feel good. I didn't feel comfortable. All I wanted was comfort and love and safety and as someone who's so independent and 
such a go-getter and I'm so ballsy. Like really there's, I just, you know, I, I just run after my fears. So the idea of choosing safety and comfort was like embarrassing and it just felt like weakness. So it was such an opportunity for me to have approval for wanting safety and have approval for the desire of coming home and having my mom hold me and caress my hair and feed me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's no way that we can go on our lives without each other, without being fed and nurtured by each other. And it was a true lesson for me to listen to my body and what it needs in that moment. And and knowing that it's not going to be forever. I might want safety and comfort and rest. And then one day I'm going to wake up and feel full, which is what I feel now. And want something else. Which also takes so much trust and surrender. To listen to your body and what it needs. Knowing, believing, trusting that... If you give your body what it needs, if you if you listen, there's true freedom that comes through after. I was talking to a client this week. She was telling me about all these body symptoms that keep coming up and injuries and all of that. And it's been a story in her life that keeps coming up of something always comes up in my body. So then she said, she shared something like, and I keep trying to take care of myself, but I don't. And so I just asked her, like, what, what's so hard about taking care of yourself? And she shared that she feels like it's so weak to just let herself rest. She feels like it's not productive and like she's wasting time, which is so common in this go, go, go culture that we live in and in the society that celebrates being a go-getter and entrepreneurship and chasing after your dreams. And this is where I'm going to bring in my hero and expander, Elizabeth Gilbert. I just heard her speak in Denver um, a month ago about how there's so many empowered women out there, so many go-getters, so many vulnerable women, and the real revolutionary thing is to be a relaxed woman and how the epidemic is anxiety and stress so I think it's time for us to really question what our priorities are and why we're so afraid of stopping and slowing down and listening to our body because if we really listen to our body and let it do its thing then it wouldn't keep calling our attention and the same thing goes with even just emotional things. Like if you're feeling rage, let yourself feel the rage and trust that if you feel it all the way through, you'll feel it all the way through. And then you'll get up and the the rage will be gone. And that's something that can be applied to all the emotions. I mean, for me, this past year was all about doing it with depression and sadness and listening to my body that just wanted to stay in bed and trusting that if I felt the sadness through, then it would dissipate and it would really move through me. And I would wake up one day and think, okay, I'm done. I moved through that. And it's not going to keep coming back in the in this way because what you resist persists. So if you stop resisting it, then it, it can just move through you and you can just let the body take its natural 
course, the same way that when you cut yourself, the skin comes back together and you don't interrupt the process that naturally happens. Just let it be. And set your intentions. Intention setting is so powerful and such a practice of surrender also where you can just take a piece of paper, write down your intentions or write down your desires and let go and watch life unfold and see that everything's going to be taken care of. And it may not look the way that you want it to look, but I truly do believe that we get what we want. And most of our job is to listen as closely as we can and and watch as closely as we can at how life is giving us all the opportunities for our desires to come true and for our intentions to happen. I've seen this happen so much with women who want to connect to their feminine and and then like months after they're you know they're like tonight I don't like this sucks I'm, I'm just feeling sad all the time and one day I'm up and one day I'm down and <laughs> and I just feel so overwhelmed by my emotions and my response, my loving response is, well, you wanted to connect to your feminine and that is the feminine and it can be pretty overwhelming at first, but it gets easier. This is, this is the emotional world and you got to just flow with it. And the same thing happened to me a couple years ago. I, I just asked for my heart to be open and... I then dated a man, a very, it was a very short relationship and when it ended I felt super heartbroken and I just thought like wow, what a way to open my heart. What you ask you get and you can really see that everywhere in your life even right now. Even right now you can see everything that you have you asked for at some point. Alright, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about Going back to to money and desires is that when I was going through all the money stuff and my coach had said, you may not make any money and I was just really digging deep. I read the book, Overcoming Under Earning. I was listening to podcasts and reading all things money mindset. And one of the things that really impacted me was Abraham Hicks' work who, oh my gosh, I got to just do a whole podcast on my experience on the Abraham Hicks cruise. For those who don't know, Esther Hicks is a woman who channels like a group of beings, of spiritual beings that are called as a collective Abraham. So people just go to her and ask her whatever question and her focus is law of attraction and manifestation and just loving life, honestly, and just picking the thoughts that feel good. She really is such a reminder for me, like being in the energy that I want to be in and seeing how it's all happening for me. So anyway, when I was thinking about why do I want money, I connected to what would that provide me? And always, every time that I asked myself that question, it was peace of mind and just general relaxation. Like I, I just imagine what it would be like to have all the money that I want and it just, oh my gosh, I could just feel it in my body. It was, it was so releasing and freeing and I could breathe deeper. And it just gave me a sense of peace of mind. And I remembered Abraham Hicks saying that in order to get what you desire, you have to be a vibrational frequency to your desires. You gotta, you know, like attracts like. So 
if you connect to what you want your desires to give you, then you'll attract your desires. So I really took this on and, you know, it really went along with what Liz Gilbert was saying about relaxation. Already the attitude that I was having when I took away the expectation of making money and I made it my priority to be relaxed and to have peace of mind and insert that into my life in even the smallest ways, like even in the shower, just feeling that relaxation in my body and in the way that I moved about my day, in the way that I had conversations, prioritizing ease, peace of mind and relaxation, really tapping into the feeling that I could create in the present that I was waiting to create in the future by having money. And I really believe that by tapping into the feeling, I was able to call in the physical manifestation of it, which ultimately doesn't matter, right? Because we want, our desires are just really showing us what we want to feel. So sometimes you may think, you know, oh, all I really want is a lover. Like, let's say you're married and you're like, oh, you know, all I really want is a lover. Or let's say you really want to run away and have a vacation all it takes is asking yourself, what would that provide for me? And seeing what feelings come up and what sensations come up. And that's really juicy information of what your desires are and how you can fulfill that desire in ways that are more accessible, ways that are more in the present so that you don't have to wait to get that thing. You can have it all right now. Even just by thinking about your desires, your body chemistry changes. And from that, you just carry carry yourself in a totally different way. And when you carry yourself in a totally different way, then you start interacting with people differently and creating differently and attracting differently. I'll add one last thing that is aligned with the whole detachment and letting go. My whole life, one of the biggest struggles that I've had is body image. I mean, it was the biggest struggle growing up. My self-worth was completely correlated to my weight. And I, I honestly grew up up until my mid-20s thinking or my early 20s thinking as long as I'm skinny, I'm good. Like as long as I, I look good, as long as I'm skinny, then I've succeeded and I can guarantee that people will love me. So that's something that's been really big for me in my life, um, working around body image. I'm at such a good place now and still I recently gained like 10 pounds and especially leading up until leading up to the retreat I had all these thoughts in my head like how could I be a powerful leader and a powerful example when I've gained weight and when I look this way which I fully know is my ego and and like fear speaking and it was really powerful to share about that on social media as opposed to hiding it and letting myself be seen and in, in these thoughts, which actually did most of the work. Like just by just by sharing that without without needing to fix it, without needing to change, just being witness in these in these thoughts that I had released something in me. And I was able to put it aside at this retreat and feeling my power and my beauty and my radiance while 10 pounds heavier was extremely transformational because I just kind of surrendered to the weight as opposed to 
trying to change it or having thoughts like, oh, it's okay, I'm going to lose this later. Because then I was attached to my weight to feeling sexy or feeling good. And I gave myself the opportunity to feel sexy and good regardless. So that was another example of once you let go, you go through and you stop repeating that pattern, right? Like I fully believe that I keep gaining and losing weight because I've kept this pattern alive because what we resist persists. So by allowing myself to just feel good in my body, even 10 pounds over, I experience a whole new level of self-love and empowerment and presence. You know, it just felt like it was hard to be present when my mind was worried about what people were going to think or thinking like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be seen right now because I've gained weight. So I really proved myself and my nervous system wrong by allowing myself to be seen and allowing myself to feel good about myself even if I gained weight. I invite you guys all to see places in your life where you're attached to a result and practice what it would be like to let it go or live life as if that result was never going to happen. See what comes up for you. And if you need any support at all, you know where to find me. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. Ask me any questions that you have and any support that you need. And as you can see, I'm super open to receiving requests for future episodes. I love hearing what you guys have to say and what you guys want more of. So please feel free to share with me. That way I can serve you better and get inspired by what's going on in your life. See you next time. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.